From Radio Cayman's Newsroom, I'm Shanda Gallego with your latest news. Officials with the Royal Cayman Islands Police Service confirm a 28-year-old man of East End has been sentenced following his conviction for attempted murder and possession of an unlicensed firearm. This in relation to an incident on April 20, 2022, where he shot a man known to him. The man was sentenced to 21 years imprisonment for attempted murder and 12 years imprisonment for possession of an unlicensed firearm, with the firearm sentence running concurrently. RCIPS officials also confirm a 35-year-old man and a 26-year-old woman of Bottom Town were sentenced on July 4th following convictions for possession of an unlicensed firearm and ammunition in relation to a firearm and ammunition that were recovered during the search of a residence on Bottom Town Road on December 9, 2021. The man was sentenced to 11 years and 6 months imprisonment for the firearm, while the woman was sentenced to 10 years. Both were sentenced to 12 months for the ammunition running concurrently for the firearm sentence. Chief Superintendent Brad E. Banks notes these sentences reflect the serious consequences of violent crime, particularly firearm crime, adding the hope is that this will serve, quote, as a deterrent to those persons presently involved in these ongoing firearm incidents. Following the arrests of suspects believed to have been involved in a spate of crimes in recent weeks, Premier Honorable Wayne Panton expresses gratitude to the RCIPS for the recent arrest of a further four men, bringing the total of eight arrests in recent weeks. Premier Panton urges the community to continue its open and honest dialogue with police, stating, As the safety of our people continues to remain paramount, and as we continue to improve plans to prevent further criminal activity and apprehend suspects, community cooperation is essential. He says we owe it to each other to be vigilant and speak up when we have relevant information. Concerns are raised by residents of the Windsor Park area. The RCIPS community officers respond. This report now from Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin. This past week, our community officers joined with partner agencies to conduct various operations in the Windsor Park area in response to community concerns around parking, derelict vehicles and animals. At the beginning of the week, officers visited areas of concern and discussed parking violations, including causing obstruction while stationary, double parking and parking on sidewalks giving advice to the residents there. The officers visited the areas again later in the week, along with enforcement officers from the Department of Environmental Health and tagged nine derelict vehicles for removal by the DEH. Officers also issued four tickets for parking violations. Officers returned and issued a further 11 traffic tickets with the assistance of the Traffic and Roads Policing Unit. The officers also spoke to other residents with whom they had not previously made contact with and advised them about what is and is not permissible regarding parking in the area. On this visit, officers were pleased to note that the homeowner of one of the residences was in the process of adding additional parking spaces to the residence, which would alleviate the need for persons residing there parking illegally. The community officers also joined with animal welfare officers from the Department of Agriculture to conduct patrols for any stray or unattended dogs. In addition, while conducting checks at the community park, officers made one arrest for possession and consumption of controlled drugs, as well as attempting to supply ganja. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. The Cayman Islands Airports Authority releases their 2032 master plan, where they share details of necessary improvements. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rangan-Solins has the details. 
It starts with existing facilities such as the passenger terminal building at Owen Roberts International Airport. Originally constructed in 1984, the PTB is a two-story structure with approximately 58,600 square feet provided on the ground level and 13,600 square feet provided on an upper level. The report states the building appears to be in generally good condition structurally, although the interior finishes are somewhat dated and in need of replacement. A number of building systems including electrical distribution require upgrading. At present, the building does not have a sprinkler system and the building lacks a number of IT systems common to a modern terminal facility. This includes flight information display systems and common use passenger processing capability. In general, they conclude maintenance of the building should not be costly. For check-in and ticketing, there are approximately 29 check-in positions, which are fully utilized by the air carriers. The check-in positions are exclusively assigned to specific air carriers. Cayman Airways handles a number of air carriers at their assigned counters. In discussions with the air carriers, several indicated that there were an insufficient number of check-in positions. Air carriers would like to have additional check-in positions to accommodate dedicated bag drop functions and to serve their premium class customers. In addition, they're currently is little opportunity in which to accommodate new airline entrants. In discussions with air carriers, many indicated a desire to move towards a common-use passenger processing system at the check-in counters, as well as the introduction of common-use self-serve kiosks located in the departures hall. These initiatives would improve the efficiency of the check-in process and help to alleviate peak period congestion. I'm Felicia Rankin-Zollins. Another area of improvement, the report states, for Oriya is more passenger screening lanes. The current lanes don't accommodate peak period demand, resulting in long queues that often extend outside the building. In other local news, Cayman's Cancer Registrar is encouraging more male cancer survivors and patients to provide information to the registry to help save lives. It's mostly demographics, so we capture gender, date of birth, ethnicity. We also ask how long um, the registrant has been living in Cayman Islands so we know how much they've been exposed to the environment here. We ask uh, which district they live in so that we can look for cancer clusters if we see some parts of the island are getting higher incidence than others and and we would want to know why. We ask the type of cancer they were diagnosed with, the date that they were diagnosed, whether they got their first treatment here or if they had to go abroad and we ask what the first treatment was. And it's a short document, it's just one page. Amanda Nicholson is the registrar of the Health Services Authority Cancer Registry. She says unlike other countries, hospitals and doctors can only give information to the registry with the patient's permission. So it is up to the individual to make sure that happens. It's a voluntary registry. So we're asking cancer survivors to voluntarily provide us with some basic demographic information about themselves and their cancer diagnosis. And it's all confidential. We don't share it with anyone outside the registry. The overall data is used to determine what kind of resources are needed and where. One of her concerns today is that not enough men have provided their data to the register. For example, the current data indicates 35% of all registrants, male or female, have or have had breast cancer. That's more than a third. And it's been that way for the full 10 years that I've been here. The question is, since we have so many female registrants, is that why we see so much breast cancer? Or is it because there's just a lot of breast cancer here? 
Having more men submit their data can make it easier to determine so health officials can make the best decisions going forward. To find out more about the Cayman Islands Register, you can check out hsa.ky or call 244-2561. And we'll leave you with this one. A summer camp pays tribute to the legacy of Hopscotch Studios founder Charles Gregory while providing students with a unique opportunity to hone the skills needed to showcase their musical talents. Radio Cayman's April Cummings has more. Jason Gilbert, also known as JG, is a Caymanian Grammy Award-winning writer, producer, songwriter, and mixer. And this year, he was inspired to share what he's learned while honoring the late Charles Gregory of Hopscotch Studios. I felt it was necessary to continue the work of Charles Gregory, the owner of Hopscotch Studios. He initially started the summer camp years ago. And I also feel that I'm at the point in my career where I have enough experience in the field to teach the next generation the steps I took to achieve success thus far. JG is hoping that he'll not only pass on knowledge about music and executing a vision, but is also hoping to show young musicians how they can work together to create extraordinary music. At the Hopscotch Summer Camp, campus will learn how to create and complete a release-ready song in five days. This involves songwriting, production, mixing and mastering, and fundamentals of the music industry. And one of the most important things campus will learn is collaboration. This will be taught through theory and also practical as well. The camps are offered each week this month, ending on July 28th. You can find out more by emailing hopscotchstudiosky at gmail.com. April Cummings, Radio Cayman News. That is your latest local news. From Radio Cayman's Newsroom, I'm Shanda Gallego.